Today, my dear faithful, is Quinquagesima Sunday. Now, the epistle is taken from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 11. Brethren, I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and giving thanks, broke and said, Take ye and eat. This is my body, which shall be delivered for you. This do for the commemoration of me. In like manner also the chalice, after he had supped, saying, This chalice is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as you shall drink for the commemoration of me. For as often as you shall eat this bread and drink this chalice, you shall show the death of the Lord until he come. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread or drink of the chalice of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the chalice. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6. At that time, Jesus said to the multitudes of the Jews, My flesh is meat indeed, and my my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, the same also shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth this bread shall live forever. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me and I in him. Words taken from the Gospel of the Votive Mass of the Blessed Sacrament. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At one time, my dear faithful, the great St. John Bosco had one of his many dreams. He told his listeners how he found himself on a rock in the middle of the open sea. Everywhere around him were ships, but these were not yachts or some other pleasure boats. These were warships armed to the teeth and divided into two sides, both set in battle array. On one side, there were numerous ships of various sizes, while the other side, they too had many ships, but leading them was one great ship that dwarfed all others. From his rock in the midst of the sea, St. John Bosco could see the commander of that great ship. It was a man wearing a white cassock. He was the reigning pope, and the pope was manning the helm of that great ship and sending commands to all the other ships that were in his navy. And he was truly in command, and he needed to be, because blasts from rifles and cannons resounded through the air as the enemy navy fought against his. Most of the enemy's weapons were aimed at the Pope's great ship, The bullets wounded his sailors, while cannonballs burst through the sides of his ship. 
The smaller Catholic boats around his helped to fight off this swarm of enemies, but still the papal ship suffered grievously. But then hope arrived. Though they were in the deep water of the sea, two great pillars arose out of the depths. Atop one beautiful pillar rested a statue of the Blessed Virgin, while atop the other column, which was even taller and more magnificent, there floated a host of the Blessed Sacrament. The rifles and cannons still bombarded the Pope's ship, but a gentle breeze blew from the two pillars. At the touch of this breeze, the holes on the papal ship closed up, and the cracks were healed. Seeing the help of God coming from these two columns, His Holiness steered his ship and called for his entire navy to charge forward toward the Blessed Sacrament and Our Lady, even though this would leave them open to the attack from the enemy. Enemy fire resounded all around, but the Pope and his followers survived with the divine aid. Finally, they arrived at the columns, and the Pope and his men fastened their boats to the, both of these pillars, the Blessed Sacrament on one side and Our Lady on the other. Suddenly, there was a great convulsion in the water, a great wave that lifted and carried away all ships that were not tied down. The enemy navy was scattered, their ships colliding into each other and breaking into pieces. Finally, a calm after such a great battle, a calm settled on the waters. There, St. John Bosco finished telling the story of his dream. But then, this explanation followed. The sea is the world at large, while the Pope's great ship is the Catholic Church. The smaller ships defending the Church were good Catholics, while the enemy ships were the persecutions that will come upon the Church. Finally, the two magnificent columns that provided a safe haven even amidst the greatest disasters afflicting the church. These are devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, as well as devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. Our Lady's pillar was magnificent and mighty, but the pillar upon which the Blessed Sacrament rested it towered above all, and it was beautiful to behold. It truly deserves to be because the Blessed Sacrament is the greatest and chief devotion of the Catholic Church. It is the center of our great sacrifice, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. All other sacraments are centered around the Holy Eucharist. Baptism and penance prepare us to receive it. Confirmation strengthens us to be more worthy of it. Matrimony and holy orders perpetuate it. Even extreme unction, the anointing of the dying, even this is centered around Holy Communion. For if at all possible, it is supposed to be received with Holy Viaticum, 
which is really Holy Communion on one's deathbed. There is a reason, my dear faithful, why this is called the Blessed Sacrament. Because just like the pillar in St. John Bosco's dream, the Holy Eucharist towers over all as the source of grace. Our Lord himself explained this when he first revealed the Blessed Sacrament. He says, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me and I in him. Our Savior, hidden under the appearances of bread, appearing so little, so weak, so powerless. He is the great source of all strength. If we abide in him, if we are united to him, like little children gathering around their father, then Jesus, our father, will shelter us. He will be our safe haven, the rock that we can always rest upon, and the great defender against all the attacks of the enemy, the devil and his cohort. To encourage us to come before our hidden God and draw a wealth of graces from him, Holy Mother the Church gives us the 40 hours devotion. The Blessed Sacrament is exposed on the altar for 40 hours, and all are invited to come before him to give him their homage. The history of this devotion goes back many centuries. It was spread by such great saints as St. Philip Neri, St. Ignatius Loyola, and St. Charles Borromeo, amongst many others. One central fact, though, that surrounds this devotion is what called for it to be practiced. It was practiced especially on occasions of great public calamity. War, famine, pestilence, as well as rampant sin, these were all reasons that the devotion of the 40 hours was practiced. When Catholics saw disaster striking, where did they turn? They went to the source of grace, of strength and comfort. They went to the feet of the master of all mankind and of all creation. There, on their knees, they prayed, they begged, they pleaded. That despite the weight of sin that demanded justice and the punishment they were suffering, they asked our Lord to be moved to mercy instead. All Catholics know that our God is always near us. He is everywhere, hearing every prayer and answering every request. But all Catholics know, too, that Jesus listens with even greater generosity when we draw near to him in the Blessed Sacrament and ask him for favors here. He always loves to hear our prayers but they are all the dearer to his most sacred heart when we approach him here before the sacrament of his love. 
And as I mentioned last week, we do need the mercy of God. War, pestilence, famine, and rampant sin. Many parts of our world suffer these punishments. God is paying our world its just due. And if we wish for mercy, we must ask for it here at the throne of mercy. And thus, today and for the next two days, our divine Savior will be exposed in the blessed sacrament upon our altar. I urge you, my dear faithful, to come before our divine King and beg for the graces that our world does need. We have so much to ask for. Let us then sacrifice ourselves for God Almighty. Let us give ourselves to our God, put our hearts and our lives in his hands and at his disposal. Let us give our time to him, both in the day and at night. Are you fearful that you don't know what to do when you are here? That is why we provide pamphlets in the back to help you read about our Lord, to think on his life, consider how much he has done for you, and thus how much he must love you. Tell him then about your worries, your struggles. Ask him for the grace you need. Then strive to offer yourself to him. Our loving God will gladly be here with you. In fact, he so loves the 40 hours devotion that his church has enriched it with plentiful grace indulgences. A plenary indulgence can be gained once on each of the three days of the 40 hours by simply making a visit to the Blessed Sacrament and saying with a contrite heart, five Our Fathers, Hail Marys, and Glory Bees, along with another Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be for the intentions of the Church. Of course, one must go to confession and receive Holy Communion within eight days of the visit as well. This is how much our God wishes us to be here, to make the time to be here with him before the Blessed Sacrament. So please, my dear faithful, make this sacrifice. The sea of this world, as St. John Bosco dreamed of it, it rages around us, and the enemy has struck cruel blows to the church. Come to the safe haven of the Blessed Sacrament. Earn mercy for mankind, and God Almighty will listen to your prayers. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.